The Movie Files, a podcast featuring behind-the-scenes tales of motion picture history. Sponsored by Aplomb Publishing. Visit us on the web at www.aplombpublishing.com. Welcome back to MoveFoss. I'm John William Law, your host. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Sean Connery this time in a sort of different movie. A little movie, a little movie, maybe a lot of people haven't heard of. Um, it, I actually hadn't seen it. I um, I I've been actually doing some uh, research on Sean Connery for another project, uh, which uh, you'll probably um, hear about at some point on this. Well, in in this space because it's for another uh, another podcast, the other podcast that I do, the Hollywood Declassified series. Um, anyway, I've been doing some research on 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 Sean Connery and reading a bit about him, and I have a, a few books and things like that on him. And so, um, I actually came across a copy or a version of this film. It was actually showing on a. I think it was a Turner Classic Movies or something uh, a little while ago, and I uh, sat down and watched it, and uh, was kind of curious about about it, um, having never seen it. It's um, it is an interesting movie for uh, several reasons. Uh, it is called uh, Woman of Straw. It's from uh, 1964, and um, it is uh, it takes place again in, in 1964. You have to really set the the stage for this movie. It, you have to imagine that Sean Connery had. Uh, already begun his immersion into the world of James Bond, and he had done um, a couple of Bond movies at this point. So he had done uh, Doctor No, and he had filmed Rush with Love, and I think he was doing uh, about to begin the next one. And so um, I think Rush with Love had been a, a a big challenge for him. There was a lot of action, there was a lot of stunts, there was a, it was delayed. I think there was some overruns. It ran late in production and so it took a lot more of him than he expected and I think the Bond films one of the reasons I talk about in some other podcasts and things is that Sean Connery um, the Bonds were really intensive they they really involved a lot of uh, they, they took a long time to make they were very expensive in terms of the the amount of work and effort that went into them and the the amount of time as well as money and the the location shootings because they took place in lots of different locales and so there's a lot of action sequences and and effects and stuff so they really took a lot out of him and he when he did these movies he would he would have to dedicate months to them so you're talking about you know six months of your your life really to do a movie which some in a lot of movies it can take a, a significantly less than that but uh, but there, you know, then obviously the movies, even after you filmed them, there's lots of other work. It goes into them in terms of getting them released and produced and promoted and all that stuff. So actors are involved in that, that work as well. So um, the Bond series was actually a big success for Sean Connery, obviously. He had been a an actor that kind of came on the scene in the late 1950s, really, to kind of world audiences and... Well, I think one of the movies I think about is Another Time, Another Place with Lana Turner, which is kind of where he was sort of introduced to moviegoers, certainly American moviegoers and, and world audiences. Um, and uh, 
he uh, that would be about 1958, I think, or so, 59, around that period, the movie would have come out. And, and then after that, he would do a bunch of other movies. He'd do Darby O'Gill and the Little People, and then obviously Bond would come in, and Bond would really set the, the stage for him. And he would do a lot of other movies. He did The, the Longest Day, and he did... Uh, a number of other movies in the 60s because one of the things that, that Sean Connery really wanted to do was he wanted to not just be tied to Bond. He didn't want people to think of it. He, he talked in interviews about the fact that he didn't really like people to refer to him as James Bond in any way. He really wanted to kind of do other roles um, certainly during that period because he wanted very much to be seen as an actor who could inhabit a lot of different roles and he didn't want to be kind of typecast as just this kind of James Bond character. He felt that that was kind of career limiting. So during the Bond series, even though he was uh, investing a great amount of his time and effort in doing those films, he also was looking for other films to do at, at the time so that he could start to kind of stay in the business doing something else other than just James Bond. Um, and then obviously James Bond would become so involved once the Bond craze really hit when you're talking about the release of, say, Goldfinger and Thunderball, you would really have Bond kind of hitting a fever pitch where it really became very popular in the public and everyone was seeing it and there was so much publicity and so much stuff around the movies that he really couldn't even go anywhere or do anything because the Bond character was with him everywhere and people were following him and the paparazzi and all that stuff and it really became became all-encompassing so he would really then try and really immediately distance himself and say he wasn't going to continue with his contract and he was going to stop after five films and all that stuff so uh, this movie came about right around that time. It was really at the time when Bond was just starting to pick up, and so you have to look at From Russia with Love uh, would become a, a big hit, and then it would lead to you know the, the subsequent films. Um, Woman of Straw was a kind of small UK picture. It was made in, in, in the UK, um, and it uh, was released, did okay at the box office, not a massive, I don't even know the box office numbers, but from what I've read, it, it did respectable. It wasn't a big hit. Uh, reviewers were not particularly kind to it. Sean Connery even wasn't particularly kind to it in sort of interviews when he talked about the film later on, retrospectively looking back on it. Um, he felt that, you know, he as an actor was so immersed in Bond that there was so much work going on there that it was really hard for him to kind of dedicate his effort to this film. And so it sort of suffered partly because of him, but it was also partly because this story was a little kind of off-putting in an odd sort of way. A woman of straw is a uh, Italian term. It's a phrase that means uh, a naive young girl or young woman who is... Uh, taken advantage of or manipulated by a, a, a schemer. And um, so that's sort of the premise of the film. The film stars, uh, uh, again, in addition to Sean Connery, uh, the, the big star of the film is Gina Lollobrigida. She plays his kind of, um, you know, leading lady in the film. And Ralph Richardson, who was a well-known um, kind of older actor at the point, um, who a very well-known European actor from the UK, um, plays the kind of third kind of person in this kind of triangle, I guess you could say. And um, the, the story is uh, simply that uh, Ralph Richardson's character is a very rich, successful uh, guy, a businessman, and he's elderly and he's infirm and he's kind of bedridden and in a wheelchair and um, he needs a nurse to take care of him. And so um, uh, he they hire Gina LaBridget to come in and be his nurse. And Sean Connery plays his nephew, and he is 
uh, a kind of unscrupulous kind of guy. She, the, the reason that Sean Connery was sort of attracted to the role was because it was uh, a very different character from his Bond hero or kind of, you know, this guy has kind of no redeeming qualities at all. He's kind of a villain in the movie. And so Sean Connery liked the idea of doing something different character-wise. Uh, but he plays the nephew of this business, this guy that, that Ralph Richardson plays. And um, he is sort of wants all his money. He wants him to die and he wants to inherit all the money. But he's not going to inherit the money. So he sets up this scheme and he gets Gina Lollibrigida involved to help him. And he sort of fools her into, you know, kind of plots with her and kind of, you know, kind of creates a, a you know, a romance with her in hopes that she will kind of do what he wants her to do. And he wants her to basically uh, get uh, Ralph Richardson to fall in love with her and marry her and then basically kill him and then they inherit the money and they split the proceeds and um, and she's sort of the pawn in his kind of scheme and he's got kind of a couple of other things going on the on the side so he's sort of using her in a way and so she gets kind of set up for it and uh, that is sort of the premise of the movie um, there is a, a some really interesting scenes it's a black and white film so again 1964 bond very colorful uh, but um, this movie was black and white. It was shot primarily, almost entirely, in the UK, although there was some shooting in Mallorca, I believe, as well. There was a, um, an estate, so there was a very uh, rich businessman, I can't remember his name, who, um, was, who loaned his, um, his estate in Mallorca and his yacht to be used in the film. So the character that is the lead, you know, one of the kind of characters, the character Richard, Richardson plays is a very wealthy you know, magnate, so he's got kind of this massive kind of um, you know estate, and he's got this kind of um, you know yacht that he that he's on, and so there's a couple of big kind of those are the two big locations where the film takes place, and so they did do some location shooting there. Um, and there's a, there is a big scene where Ralph Richardson's char character does ultimately die. They do sort of like a, sort of like, if you imagine Weekend at Bernie's where they basically fake he's dead and they fake and pretend he's alive and Sean Connery kind of convinces Gina Lollibrigida to, um, to kind of go along with the scheme that they need to get him off of the boat and back to his estate in London so that they can file the will and he has to be alive at the time that the will's fi filed so they have to kind of pretend that he's still alive so he gets her to kind of help, you know, fake it and he sort of sets her up on this kind of, and it's it's sort of deemed as a cat and mouse type thriller movie, but it, is, it isn't really a cat and mouse thriller. It is an interesting little film. There are some nice scenes in it. The actors are relatively good. Gina Lollibrigida um, was uh, big at this time. She was very big in European films. Um, didn't do a whole lot in terms of two American audiences. Uh, very obviously a, a kind of femme fatale, Sophia Loren, Marilyn Monroe kind of care actress. Um, never really kind of um, excelled in terms of some of her acting capabilities, I think. And even on this one, I think they, the reviewers kind of said that she was a little bit out of her depth in this. Um, she comes across well. I think she comes across well with Sean Connery. There are reports that the two of them didn't really get along that well on the on the set. She was... Definitely one of the, the kind of three stars. She was the leading lady of the picture. She was known to kind of arrive late, which irritated Sean Connery, and he made no bones about the fact that he would announce that, you know, she was late and that kind of thing. And there was uh, some stories in the press that they didn't like each other. There was one rumor that went around that is, I think it was based on some partial truth, but it was that 
paid apparently was to slap um, Gina Lola Brigida and Sean Connery slapped her too hard and it you know caused her to kind of cut her lip or a cheek or something and she had to go home and they you know they said that he did it on purpose and you know how much of that is true I think they they all as far as I can tell from what I've read were relatively professional actors but obviously people are, are working together they don't necessarily always like each other so uh, Sean Connery was a very much big fan of Ralph Richardson's. Ralph Richardson was one of his favorite actors, so he was very much interested in him in the film and in working with him and very um, inspired, and that was kind of one of the draws to doing the film. Uh, Richardson is in a, um, obviously he's in a chunk of the film. He's He is um, listed kind of above the title as one of the three stars. He was not obviously as big as the other two, but um, the movie was really trying to focus on and promote the fact that Sean Connery and Gina Lola Brigida were working together because Gina Lola Brigida was obviously a pretty well-known commodity at this time and Sean Connery was just at this point really coming into his own as being really well-known. So the two of them being paired with Ralph Richardson was you know, certainly a, um, a, a drive to hopefully get audiences to go to the picture. Richardson isn't necessarily in a huge of the huge amount of the picture. Obviously, he's in chunks of it, but he's in in the last section of the picture. He is really just he's a dead body. So uh, that's sort of kind of funny and interesting in a way. Uh, but uh, the reviewers kind of said that you know Richardson in many ways kind of really commanded the screen, and so the other actors really kind of. Um, suffered so even in the scenes where he was just a dead body he was still kind of more of a on-screen presence than the other actors were and so people kind of said that 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 was you know the case and kind of one of the reasons why the film probably wasn't as successful is people didn't really kind of buy Gina Lillibridge into this story and buy into her falling in love with him because she sort of you know, she sort of conspires with Sean Connery, which you can sort of see, but then she's supposed to kind of get Ralph Richardson to marry her, and then once he does, then she's supposed to look to kill him, but then she sort of falls for him, and so there's a, you know, a little bit of odd stuff going on there as to whether that's, you know, how, how believable or that, but it is a cute little film, and again, it is interesting to watch today, obviously, when you look at Sean Connery as an actor, he's He's, he was a very prolific actor. He did a lot of films. And if you go back to the 1960s and certainly the 70s, he has a vast collection. I never really added up the, the number of films, but I would say that as a, as a working actor, he probably is up there as one of the most, you know, the busiest actors that, you know, probably has existed in Hollywood doing, you know, films year after year. He did, you know, at this time he was also doing, um, he would do Marnie right after this. So, Marnie was another similar film for for um, Sean Connery where he really wanted to kind of play someone different. Um, in some ways, uh, the character that he plays in Marnie and the character that he plays in Woman of Straw are really not that different, although I think that the Woman of Straw character is a little more villainous than uh, than his character in, in the other one, but he looks very much the same and, and behaves a lot very similar. He's sort of a similar kind of characterization in terms of the businessman, the kind of young kind of you know, successful, rich, you know, surrounded by opulence and stuff like that. Um, he uh, was uh, potentially offered the opportunity to star in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, but he actually wasn't able to because of his work on From Russia With Love. And so I think it was From Russia With Love. So he ended up finally getting a chance to work with Hitchcock after Warm of Straw. 
Um, but Woman of Straw is, uh, again, it's an interesting little film, um, and it's not that easily available. I don't know if it's actually on DVD. I would suspect that it probably is by now, but it's hard to find um, uh, and not that easy to come by. It is a, it is a favorite of some, of some Sean Connery fans. I think it's kind of one of those little-known favorites. It's not, again, one of his bigger, well-known films. So in that respect, uh, people don't think of it. But um, in terms of Sean Connery's performances and stuff, I think it is one of those films that's sort of like a little secret gem in his kind of you know collection that you know if people haven't seen, they might want to take a peek at. Um, but uh, that's a little bit of a look at Woman of Straw. Um, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.